For these next few Sundays in Lent, we're going to invite you to be seated for the gospel readings. They are beautiful, long stories told to us by St. John that in so many ways help us to see the heart of what relationship with God in Christ is. Today we read from John chapter 4, starting with the fifth verse. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman, of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have also asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the swell, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who is speaking to you. Then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. 
So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Earlier this month, many of us gathered for a first in a series of events that we're calling Interfaith Encounters. And the main purpose of those gatherings is to create space for Jews and Christians and Muslims to engage in conversation and dialogue with one another, and also to get to know each other in ways that go beyond the stereotypes and the assumptions that typically result in false judgments and misunderstandings. In a time of polarization, when it's hard to find conversation or dialogue that's defined by honest sharing and generous listening and also mutual respect, that was a breath of fresh air. Or in the language of this gospel reading today, a gulp of fresh spring water. Three of us leaders made presentations first, and then people sat around tables and engaged in conversation with each other, conversations that could have gone long beyond the allotted time that we had that evening. A Jewish man at my table was sitting between two Muslim women, and his face lit up when he said how much he was learning that evening. And then when the time came for people at each table to share what that meant to them, what they were experiencing, there were similar sentiments shared by men and women from all three of those faith traditions. The best thing that they said in many different ways was that this was an opportunity to know another person and to be known by them. And we all know how rare that can be when it comes to relationships, especially that cross divisions of gender and race and class and nationality and religion. In many cases, those parts of our identity are the things that divide us rather than draw us into community. But when God gets involved, all of that changes. And that's exactly what I see happening in this gospel story for today that we just heard. It's worth noting right from the start that this is the longest 
conversation or sustained dialogue that Jesus has with anyone in all four of the Gospels. And it isn't because Jesus and this Samaritan woman have so much in common. In fact, in their case, the opposite is true. Jesus and this woman at the well were not only divided by their gender and by all of the social norms that would have prevented this conversation from ever happening, but they were also people who belonged to two very distinct ethnic and religious groups that looked often at each other with a great deal of fear and suspicion. So what was it that changed that for them? What helped them overcome that in this long conversation that they have? As I read the story, the first thing that stands out for me is the way that Jesus initiates this relationship in spite of all of the things that would have kept him from doing that. It makes sense that Jesus would engage in conversation like this with Nicodemus, the man who we met in last week's gospel story. Nicodemus was a Jewish male. He was a leader in his community. He was a respected teacher. And it would have been natural to engage in a theological conversation with him. But here is a Samaritan woman who seems to be on the fringes of her ethnic and religious community. Anyone else would have probably left her alone that day, but Jesus reaches out to her right away by asking her for a drink. It catches the woman off guard, and she begins by stating the obvious. How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And in case we don't get the point, St. John adds a side note saying, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. But that doesn't deter either one of these characters in the story. Instead, Jesus prolongs that encounter by engaging the woman in further conversation. And it isn't just chit-chat. It's not small talk. It's conversation that involves weighty theological language that can be interpreted in many ways. After talking with Nicodemus, who seemed to run out of questions as the dialogue progressed, Jesus may have been surprised by the spunk and the forthrightness of this woman who wanted to dig deeper and who didn't mind pushing back. It may have surprised him, but it certainly didn't make him defensive. On the contrary, I think her challenging questions and her prodding seemed to make Jesus even that much more interested in knowing her and in being known by her. That's a sign of respect. And in the end, it is that respect that seems to be the thing that brings about the real change for this woman. She is starting to get to know Jesus, and she's even questioning if he might be the Messiah. But her testimony to the people back home in her city is the thing that reveals, I think, what has mattered most to her. Come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done, she says. In other words, come and see the man who truly knows me. It's as if Jesus' prophecy is already coming true. A spring of living water is 
already gushing up from within her and bringing life to the very people who left her alone to come draw water all by herself in the heat of the day. But if she'd been cast aside by them before, now she is the source of transformation in their hardened hearts. Now the Samaritans in her city not only listen to her and to her testimony, but they open their doors to welcome the Jewish stranger that she has met at the well. In fact, John says, they not only came out to Jesus to find him, but they invited him to stay, and he was there for two days with them. And at the end of that time, they said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe in him. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. If there is anything that we need in our city and in our country and in our world right now, it is living water like this. It's God's free spirit of openness that moves us beyond barriers of gender and class and nationality and religion, and in fact gives us a way to truly know each other and to be known ourselves. And whenever I taste that living water, as I did at that interfaith encounter, I'm always thirsty for more. And if there is anything that you and I need in our own personal life, in our own walk of faith, it's the assurance that we ourselves are known by God, just as this Samaritan woman was known fully by Jesus. We need to know that Jesus sees us and knows us for who we are, and that Jesus respects us enough to engage our questions and challenge our assumptions in ways that cause us to grow and to change and to bear witness. As the one entrusted with the proclamation of this gospel story for you today, I'm here to tell you that all of that is true and that Jesus is reaching out to you today with love and grace as you sit at this well beside him. Drink of this water, Jesus says, and you will never be thirsty again.